Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is episode 69 with Julie Gordon-White. Welcome to the As Told by Nomads podcast, where you'll learn how nomads, third culture kids, entrepreneurs, and leaders all over the world embrace their global identity and use their difference to make a difference. And now, having lived on four different continents, here's your host, Tyo Roxit. Welcome, everybody. I have Julie Gordon-White with me today. She's calling me from San Francisco. That's correct? Yes, in the Bay Area. Yeah, Bay Area. And she's the CEO and founder of The Well for Women Entrepreneurs. And, you know, today's conversation is going to be about building bigger, more profitable, and sellable businesses. And we're also going to talk about some of the projects she has going on. Welcome to the show, Julie. Well, thanks. I am so happy to be here. Appreciate you having me. Well, so we were talking before the podcast, and, and you said you live in the Bay Area, and you've, you know, you've written books, you've written bestseller, and you build businesses, you know, and um, you obviously have a brand with your online membership site. But I'm curious to know how you got started and why you got attracted to doing what you do. Sure. Well, the short version, I was in the hotel business, actually, for eight years. Hotel. Uh, doing sales and marketing. Mm -hmm. And um, I actually loved that business very much. Uh, but as I was traveling around, taking clients to hotels and looking at big conference venues all around the world, actually, um, I started having kids. And that just didn't work out with that lifestyle anymore, too. <laughs> so I thought, you know, what am I going to do? So I took some time off and tried a couple of consulting startups. Didn't really work. I ended up, we had a lot of marketing and not enough, not enough technology, I will say. Right. So um, had to kind of figure that out and ended up working for a family business for a couple years and realized I wanted to buy my own business. So I found a business to buy and I put together a team of bankers and CPAs and lawyers and made an offer. And unfortunately, my offer wasn't accepted. But in that process, I realized I really love doing the deal more than running that business. 
So I wanted to learn about that, and I ended up working for a business brokerage firm. And after about a year, went out on my own and started my own boutique mergers and acquisitions firm. And that was about 12 years ago. So I grew that to multi-millions in transactions with 10 brokers. And that's kind of how I got started um, growing businesses, learning all about all kinds of businesses, how to value businesses, and how to grow bigger businesses that are valuable to other people so they'll buy them. So that's kind of the foundation. And then in about 2011, I wrote a best-selling book called Exit, 12 Steps to Sell Your Business for the Price You Deserve. And that launched me forward into helping women grow bigger businesses that are sellable. And actually, you know, I I love men too. I should say that I have a husband and two sons, so I love my guys. Um, (laughs) No, but but you have your focus, right? That's your niche. Yeah, so that's... Right. And most of my clients, you know, actually came from, the focus came out of the fact that most of the businesses that I sold were founded and grown by men and or couples. And I realized that women start businesses more for flexible reasons or lifestyle, which is awesome. I'm all for lifestyle. But also to know that you can build something that's valuable for somebody else. So that's kind of where my passion for women and helping them have that bigger mindset came about. All right. No, two things I want to touch on there. So because I'm fascinated by this merger and acquisition market. Um, we talk about it all the time. I just finished my MBA and it's... I was going to say, I know you just finished your MBA, right? I knew yeah. you were going to ask me about that. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, finance was not my strongest point. I'm more of a marketing... I, my concentration is a marketing media. But yeah. I, I knew M&As were big, big topics. <clears throat> and do you see the landscape being the same as it was when you first started? Because now it's businesses take on many, you know, different phases and they have different lives. And uh, the life cycle is, is not the same, at least when I'm looking at it. You know, when people are releasing IPOs, it's almost not the same numbers and it's different. So I'm just curious as to how one can get into that type of business now and how it was when you first started. When you say that type of business, do you mean a M&A's. business that goes public or? Yeah, yeah. Or just, yeah, merging that because we're building the business oh. that, that it's eventually acquired or or um, you know merges into something because a lot of times I, I deal with a lot of entrepreneurs and some of them they with that dilemma where you know an investor asked them hey do you want to exit at a certain point and some right. say yes some say no and uh, I'm still not sure what the best answer is but mm-hmm. you know okay well I have an answer that you can give them how about that and so when people say that you know the answer I'd like to, or what I want people to know is that your exit journey began the day you started your business. Huh. Right? You're going to leave it one way or another. You're either going to close it, you're going to sell it, you're going to give it to somebody else. Unfortunately, you know, hopefully it's nothing unfortunate like illness or right, right. even, you know, the worst things. I won't even say the other D word, you know, <laughs> you know or, or a partnership dis- dispute. You know, you're going to leave your business one way or another. So your exit journey begins day one. So you might as well think of it that way. Even if you don't sell your business or you don't have that intention to transition it to someone else, you know, if you run your business and you grow your business with that in mind, you're going to put in a lot of systems and structures that are going to make running your business so much more enjoyable than just kind of shooting from the hip all the time. So that's the bonus value of thinking about exiting when you start. So you just tell them, you know, so someone says, hey, you know, I, I love what you're doing. We think of investing. We just want to know what your exit strategy is, um, and then you say, 
you've already been thinking about it since the start is that what you're saying or right exactly just say well i know i'm going to exit my business i know i'm going to exit so that's the first step (laughs) and um you know i don't know who the potential acquirer is at this moment but right now i'm building something valuable for myself and then possibly valuable for someone else down the road okay so that's a good mindset what do you think no it's it's very interesting because you know what i'll use me as example so when i when I started the media company and I was thinking, I was thinking, you know, I was thinking like Oprah, I mean, she never left yeah. her business. I'm like, I, I really imagine leaving something that's so personal to me. I feel like it's my lifestyle. And then I got asked the question a few times and I, and I started thinking, I'm like, I, I, I'm very curious as to what other people answer because uh, when an investor comes, obviously they want to be able to make an investment, right? And right. you have to make off of that and make profit off of that. And mm-hmm. I never know, you know, I dance around the answer. I never really give an answer, but I now always say, I'm always thinking, is that really the best answer to give? Because that obviously scares them away, but then I obviously don't want to do that, but I also want to keep my business. So it's that dilemma mm-hmm. I have, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But Well, you don't have to think about giving it to somebody else. You know, you we start businesses, like I said, for lifestyle. I know your business is an absolutely a lifestyle business because mm-hmm. you love bringing people together from around the world and having the freedom to travel and have those experiences. So maybe it doesn't start out with the hard exit perspective, but it grows into it over time. You know, you find things or products within your business that have value for somebody else. So what you don't want to have is an exit mindset that restricts you from growing something that you love. You know, some businesses just start out right out of the gate. Okay, we're building this thing to sell. You know, we've got an exit date. This is what we're going to yep. share with investors, etc. And I'm, sh- you know, in business school, that's what you're talking yeah, about all exactly. the time, right? Yeah, I have some right. friends that are doing exactly that. So exactly, but that's not the only reason to start and grow a business. And so, you know, do what you're doing because what you're doing, first of all, is amazing. So you want to keep that growing, and right. then be open to what shows up down the road. But it's just more about knowing that someday you absolutely can grow something that is valuable to someone else. Gotcha. So when you get to that point, and you know, I wrote about in the book, you want, you want to have about a five-year horizon. That's the, the optimal time frame to prepare a business for sale. So maybe five years out when you're starting to feel like, oh, I don't think I want to do this anymore or not in this way, what are the, some of the things I can do? And so that's a way to go about it. But you know, you're, you're young. You've got a lot of years ahead of you, so you don't have to worry about it right now. <laughs> no, no, you're right. And, and, and you're so right with opening the mindset because then it becomes like maybe you a bigger company that does something where you're doing gives you more resources and you can become a merger like you were talking right. about. Yeah, so that, right. you, know, you get more resources. Continue to run. Yeah, 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 there you go. Now, okay, so let's go into this lifestyle thing. And one of the things that people ask when people are building lifestyle businesses now, especially in today's digital age, is how do you build a market for product that there isn't a perceived need? Um, and, yeah. And, and that's that's always the question I see get asked, whether it's on Shark Tank, you hear all, all the investors asking, well, well how, why do I need that? Or people are going to that. Do you have an answer to that? Yeah, that, thanks for asking me that really tough question, Tia. I really appreciate <laughs> you it. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that's a great question. You know, for me, um, I have a membership program, and that's a challenging offer for people because people, especially in this day and age, you know, all of us are so quick. Everything is on our iPhone, on demand, when we want it, the way we want it, and that if we don't see the immediate gratification, the immediate result, then we, we don't pick it first. And so in some ways, I frame that up in the same way of, that you're asking that question. If somebody doesn't see the immediate need, 
because if somebody's sharing something, it probably has some value, but it's just that it might not spark that um, immediate kind of, you know, gratification that people are looking for. So, you know, I think that there's a lot of education that comes with that and you have to have a longer horizon for growth. Um, and which often requires more money, right? Staying power while you're educating people as to why what you have is valuable. But I think it seems like some of the most interesting and industry changing and disruptive products and services come from things that people didn't even know that they needed. I heard this great quote, I'm going to probably butcher it, but it was around something about Henry Ford, you know, around the car. And he said something to the effect that if he asked people what they wanted, they wouldn't have said a car, they would have said a faster horse. So, you know, it's, it's that idea around innovation. When you come up with something new, people don't always know that they need it because they don't even know what it is. So we have to really do a great job of educating people and making it clear so they can understand it. I think yeah. that's where the challenge is. I think that's such a great point because as you're educating them, they're starting to really frame it towards them. And if you, if you can frame it as you're educating them and saying this is why such and such does this or you say – give them like – I don't know. Some people do the statistics then say like 80% of that, 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 that. Do you yeah. want to be one of that? But it's how you become that effective at, at really reaching them and making them believe that, wait, if that person needs it, maybe I need it too. And this person got from this point to that point. This right. is the benefit I need. So. Right. Um, love it. You see, yeah, I see it wasn't a tough question for you. you know, was, <laughs> <laughs> well, sweating there for a second. <laughs> uh, but in, in staying in that same vein, many people seem to be afraid to start something because they don't know exactly how to do it. In, in your case, when I was listening to you, that didn't seem to be a roadmap. I mean, you sort of you said hotel business and then you got into the, the, the M&A and now you're doing your own, your own thing. And wh- what kept you going? Well, I've always kind of loved entrepreneurship. I've loved making my own money and being independent. You know, I think back in the day, you know, little boys who had paper routes grew up to be entrepreneurs. And I was a little girl who taught swimming lessons in my neighborhood and sold things door to door. I just loved my having my own little businesses. So um, I think I've always had that in my heart heart and I love helping people and it's fun to see you know making money because it shows kind of the return that you're giving in the world Um, so I think starting just with that internal passion about wanting to put something out in the world and help other people is kind of the first place to start if you have that drive so that kind of tells you that you've got that courage even if you know we all need more courage Taylor, because every time you go to a new level you need to dig a little bit deeper right on the courage scale right but um it just shows that you've got that spark for entrepreneurship that you want to put your toe in the water and give it a try if you feel like there's something that you want to share with the world in a way that might be different than the way it's already being shared or a better way that's being shared now but you want to take it to a new level that's kind of a, a great place to start to decide if entrepreneurship is for you no, I love it. And I think it's very true. It's it's always that introspective uh, aspect you have to do. But there's also, speaking of Henry Ford, there's also a quote, though, um, that I like from him. And it says, um, uh, he who says he can and he who says he can't are both usually right. That's right. So, right you know, a lot of times people, you know, they see all these entrepreneurship shows and they say they had that idea 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But... You know, it just didn't take the that feeling, and and it's no, I'm not going to paint the the picture that entrepreneurship is this easy thing, but it's also you know it's taking that leap of faith. I mean, a lot of startups don't end up successful, but also having that 
um, ability to say, you know, I went for what I wanted and I tried it and I'm okay with that can sometimes be rewarded. And so you never know. Absolutely. You have yeah. to believe. It starts with really believing and, you know, it, just that burning desire that if you don't do it, you're going to really feel miserable. So you got to believe. you got to take action. Yeah. And then, then there's some kind of core things that I like to teach uh, the students in my program, the women in my community uh, to do because what I don't want people to do is jump, you know, make a big leap with their passion, but then they're out there spinning around in circles because they started creating something that they don't love. Um, they haven't put a lot of thought into the business model and the, kind of the key pieces that are going to get them to that seven-figure business that's sellable. So once you get that passion and that courage together, you know, that gumption and you take a leap, then there really are some things that we should follow to make sure that you're not building something that down the road you think, yikes, you know, what did I do here? Oh, well, you know what? I'm going to picture myself as I'm going to put myself as a student. I'm I'm, I'm the female version of Ty right now. So, <laughs> so I I know, I know you have a membership course, and I want you to talk about it. So, what's the process? How do you how do people get involved? And how do people? What are the you know? You said you have core principles that you teach. So I, I'm a, I'm a very attentive student right now. So okay. Listen. Well, by the way, I do have some men in my program, so you can just be yourself. Oh, oh, all right, all right. It's no fun. All right, fine. I'll be. <laughs> hey, you know, if you enjoy being around women, it's a great place to be. That's what I'll say. <laughs> All right. Um, so, you know, let me just share, you know, there's really kind of four things that I can touch on quickly um, that I think are exponential strategies to grow a bigger, more profitable business. And the first one really is about building a profitability platform. It's kind of like a house, you know, we tend, especially those of us who love sales and marketing, we, we like the shiny objects and we can go out there and start getting customers and clients. But often, we're the worst at building that foundation and you start building a house, you start building something big with momentum without foundation, you know what happens? The whole thing crashes down, right? So it's important when you start to have a profitability platform and to me that means making sure you have a business model that has good strong margins, meaning that um, you're making money. So for example, retail, the margins are very low in retail. So you might be bringing in revenue, but after all of your expenses, you know, you're only making 10%. And the challenge with a low margin business is that if you make mistakes, let's say you, you embark on a huge marketing campaign, you can make sure, you know, you can actually um, make sure that, not make sure, you can, yeah, make sure that you're going to lose money. So you have to be really careful that when you have a low margin business that you don't make any mistakes, where if you have a higher margin business like a service business or a digital business, then the margins are really forgiving. So you can try different things because there's a lot more room because there's less hard fixed expenses in there that you have to pay for. So I want just, you know, be sure that whatever business you start has good, healthy margins. And if it's a product company, that's great or retail company, but try to add a service component on there that has much healthier margins, which will give you a little bit more room to goof around. Uh, the other piece of the profitability platform is premium pricing. You know, don't be afraid to have some regularly priced market price products, but then add some premium pricing. Let's say, you know, you've got a coaching program where you charge five or $10,000. You know, I like to use the example, you might not know this, Teo, but, have, or maybe you should, you would know it, uh, the, the diamond encrusted bra, you know, from Victoria's Secret. I mean, who needs a million dollar bra, right, with diamonds on it? Uh -huh. But there's always just that little um, piece of the 
market that wants to buy the best of the best. So let's just say you have a premium uh, liqueur company. Of course, you know, that exclusive reserve bottle that costs more than your regular product. So things like that. Premium pricing is really important because when you get those big chunks of money or let's a large corporate account, let's say, that really helps you do things in your business. And so that's why premium pricing is important. And then the last piece of the profitability platform is reoccurring revenue because it's really nice to have predictable cash flow every single month. That's a big challenge with owning a business is not knowing how much money is coming every single month. So if you have something that you can bill every single month, whether that's uh, a reoccurring service contract or drop shipping product, that will add a huge amount of stability to your business. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So it's super, super valuable. So that's the first piece, the profitability platform. What do you think about that? No, I think it's good. And the recurring thing is, is so key, too, by the way, uh, that foundation, because it's, I, you know, that everybody, sometimes I've noticed, I've made this mistake lots of times when I was building business and I was like, I only focus on the, the launch and everything. And then once the, the high of that <laughs> fell down, I was like, uh, right, next month. But <laughs> right. You know, well, and, and that's the, the downside of, I think, in the digital world where we get super excited about launches. But that's just it's almost like releasing a book. That's just the beginning, right? You have yeah. to continue to service and drive revenue over and over because otherwise you just get into feast or famine and that's not fun. Yeah. Are there any specific platforms that people use? A lot of people use, you know, like blogs, podcasts, you know, membership sites or anything. But what do you what do you think for lifestyle businesses are the best set of tools or combination of tools? Well, I think it depends on what you're offering, but if it's a lifestyle business, you want that flexibility and freedom. I personally love membership sites, but they're really I think membership sites are best for people who really want to provide high level of service, high touch to their customers and clients. Um, courses are great that can automatically be purchased, but again, it doesn't necessarily have that reoccurring revenue. So that's why I love membership sites, but a lot of people don't like them because they, they require a lot of the producer. I love to serve my my customers, which will take me into strategy number two in a second. So that's why I love that platform. But let's just say you have a technology company. You know, you can offer service contracts. So you can just provide you know maintenance level of service every single month or products. I think drop shipping is awesome, like wine of the month or um, some of the month kind of 
club or program. So there's a lot of, really, you can come up with a reoccurring revenue model for pretty much every kind of business. So I think um, that's kind of a big, broad answer. But I, I like to, I have clients in my program that are product companies, service companies, restaurant, food companies. So I try to think of a lot of things that can be useful for lots of industries. Yeah, no, and, and I think the, the constant there is finding a way to generate that recurrent revenue in some right. way. So, and I can see why membership sites are attractive. So yours is a monthly thing then, I guess. Right, it yeah. is. Okay. Uh-huh. okay. So number yeah. two. So number two, this is my favorite one, I have to tell you. It's the business love triangle. It sounds soft, but it's really hardcore <laughs> because the secret sauce to lasting business success, in my opinion, is to love who you serve, serve what you love, and serve it up with a team that loves both. Is that what we're saying again? Yeah, no, I I, I, I get Love who you serve, Uh serve what you love, and serve it up with a team that loves both. Wow. Yeah, how powerful it, you know, is it when you serve who you love? You know, in your business, when you're making money, serving customers that you love. Because, you know, to be honest, you know, at the end of my M&A road, I just wasn't loving the customers anymore. I like doing the deal, you know, negotiating and all those things is super fun. But especially around the recession time, uh, you know, people were fighting over every single penny. And in deal making, there's always some hiccup and you got to work together as a team to get to the finish line. And if you aren't loving your customers in the same way, it's just hard and it's not fun. Where now, you know, I'll stay up all night working on something, Tao, because I'm so excited about offering it or serving it or giving people extra value because I love who I serve. And then I serve what I love because I love entrepreneurship. I wish every woman had, you know, independent economic means. I have a wonderful husband who has a great career, so that's great. But I like, I just like making money. I think it's really fun because it's a way to, you know, gauge what you're offering, you know, that's just my little funny way, but it's how I am. So <laughs> no, um, I love you know teaching entrepreneurship. I just love it. And then I've been able to put together a virtual team of people that love doing what I do. And as you grow a business, it becomes all about your team. And if you struggle with that, it's the hardest part, to be honest, is the team, almost more than getting customers and having a great team. And so I've really been careful to hire for culture and for people who love what we do. And so that's what I call the business love triangle is when you can put all three of those things together. Now that is lasting business success. Oh, love it. Love it. Okay. All right. No, mm-hmm. and I can see why it's your favorite. So you can hear that passion, right? <laughs> you get all excited talking about it. That's good. Um, so the third piece is a proprietary process. You know, really, it's important to figure out how you're different from other people. You know, only you can be you. So it doesn't mean that you don't do things that maybe other people do. But, you know, what is your take on it? What's your differentiator? For me, there's a lot of people that teach business growth out there. But my differentiator is I do it from an exit perspective. You know, having my my M&A experience, uh, it's okay if you want to come into my community and you don't think you want to sell your business, but the way I'm going to teach you about growing your business comes from building something that's valuable for you today and valuable for someone else in the future. So for me, that's how I differentiate. And then taking that kind of to another step is I really encourage people and teach how to create a step-by-step process for what you do, almost like treating your business like a franchise. So 
one that makes it amazing for you because you know what to do every day because it's frustrating to sit at your desk and you're like what am I supposed to do every day so you've got step by step for yourself and then you can teach other people and that's how you can grow because you can hire people because now you can train people and then you have all the words and process to use to use in your marketing so it's really a fluid way of growing your business by having not only a differentiator but a proprietary process that you can use for yourself then you can teach other people and then also use for marketing really helps your business run smoothly as it grows bigger and bigger i'm taking mental notes right now so (laughs) (laughs) the silence is not just me allowing you to talk it's me just processing (laughs) good we'll interrupt please i love it when you ask me things no um and then how many how many steps do you have again I, I, one last one yeah four steps okay because i was gonna i was yeah. gonna ask a question about that but um i'll let you go with the fourth one and then I'll, i think it's related okay sounds good so the last exponential strategy is something i call the ultimate organization and it's really just that huge you know 10x mindset and i really want my community to go deep and think you know what would it be like if your business was 10 times bigger you know if you had 10 times the revenue what would that organization chart look like? You know, would you even be at the top or would you have somebody else at the top? So if your business is generating $100,000 a year, now it's a million dollar business. Or if it's a million dollar business, it's a $10 million business. What does that business look like? You know, what is your role? How would your life be different? Um, and I would say, feel free to be just unreasonable. You know, what would it be like if you had that bigger business? Is it exciting and scary? All those things, you know, I went from when I first started selling businesses as a broker, selling flower shops, Teo, you know, I I started out because I'd sold a couple and I became kind of the queen of flower shops. And then over time, I grew it into multi-million dollar deals. So that was a really exciting time. And if I could just impart that feeling of starting small, but having that big vision and mapping it out just to see where it would go, because that's going to help you get that mindset that you need to grow that bigger business that's someday sellable. So that's my four steps. Oh, love it. Love it. And where can they find these lovely, actionable four steps of yours? Well, I've got these four steps and I've got a whole lot more. Uh, They can go to accelerateatthewell.com. Accelerate at the well.com. And um, you can just opt in. The membership program may or may not be open at the time that someone's listening to this. If it is open, you can take it for a test drive. And if it isn't open, you can sign up so you can be notified uh, when we open it up again for new membership. So right now, um, what I like to do is occasionally take it down so we don't add any new members so we can do some new fun things, technology and service and things like that, and then open it up again. So it doesn't ever go away. There's always members in it, but you know, every now and then, every little car needs a tune-up, right? And you want to take it to the next level. So yeah, like but they version, can learn more there. Version 2.0. Stepping That's it right. Up. That's good. The reason that I, that I wanted to, to interrupt earlier was when people are building platforms now, people are talking about the, the importance of having that foundation and knowing who they are. Sometimes I hear people saying someone's already doing what I'm doing and how can I be different from that person? Um, yeah. And then that, that seems to be a roadblock when people. And I was like, ah, oh, everybody's already doing this. Ah, my idea is doing it. But I, I imagine you run to a lot of people to say this. Do you have a, an answer to that? Well, my thought is, yes, somebody is already doing it. Great. You know, 
the benefit of that is you don't have to spend so much time explaining what the heck you're doing because there's some knowledge in the marketplace and it's already been validated by the marketplace if somebody exactly. is out there being yeah. successful, right? Yeah, yeah, it's been validated for you so you know this proof of concept. So, right. Uh, yeah, okay, okay, no, um, that's good. And so then add your own flavor. Don't copy, but you might model and be you. Mm-hmm. Nobody can be you. That's that's turned into such a cliche now, but it's a truth. No one can be you. So see the model, and I always look for models because it's hard to execute and visualize and do something that you've never seen before. So find a model, but make sure you're doing it in a way that only you can do it. You know, a great test for me is to try to um, come up with your description of your business or your tagline and then substitute somebody else's name or somebody else's business in that same tagline. And if you can drop someone else's name or their business into your tagline, it's not unique enough. Keep working at it. So that's a great little test. You're so good at this segue thing because, you know, you were talking about tagline. And the tagline for UID happens to be use your difference to make a difference. So a thought popped in my head and I said, how do you use your difference to make a difference? Yeah. That's my question Um, to you. (laughs) How do I use my difference? You know, what I'm doing is I'm trying to use a leveraged platform of technology, but my difference is being high touch. In such a high tech world, I think we want to just drop things on people and make money and go. And... That's awesome, but my difference is, you know, okay, I hate to say this, but I'm going to go there. You know, I'm a mom. I have three kids, 14, 16, and 22. Whoa. Yep. And (laughs) that's part of my difference, you know? That is, yeah. And you're doing all this too? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what keeps me sane, business. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that I'm a high-touch person. I love technology, I love business, but I also want to be high touch. And that doesn't mean one-to-one. I absolutely have one-to-one clients, but that you know is a super small segment. Those are all seven and eight figure companies that I work with more on a consulting basis. But I want to help so many women entrepreneurs that have that drive and desire to grow million dollar businesses that are sellable, but I can't help them one-to-one. So my difference is taking my love of technology and leveraging it, but doing it in a really high-touch way. I think there's a lot of people using technology right now in a low-touch, you know, leverage, buy and, you know, see you later kind of way. But I want to use it and really be of service to my clients. So I would say, I don't know if that's a weak differentiator, but it's me and it's real and I'm going with that. It's no. the mom and me. That's it's what you. I'll say. It's, it's the you mom and me. you've mastered it. You know, you've, it's a, uh, it's, Ladies who have success in the various industries you've been in. Um, yeah. And I'll say, yeah, no, nah, I think that's that's what makes you you, right? That's what makes me me. All right. Now, the, 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 I have a couple questions before I, before I let you go. But the other thing I wanted to say before um, when you were listing your four pillars was when selecting a team or hiring people to be part of your team, what do you look for? I know you're looking for people that you, you, know, you love to serve. You said that. Um, is there a particular or their qualities that you you like to look for? That's one of the things I've I've had a I've had to learn how to do because I mm-hmm. I was an I always call myself an accidental entrepreneur because yeah. I, I was just something I was passionate about and it happened and then all of a sudden I was like I maybe I shouldn't have done that too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it happened too many times. I was like I got to get better at this. So, well, okay, <laughs> true confessions. I used to be. T- 
terrible at hiring. Yeah. Terrible. Because I, I just trust everyone. Mm. You know, so I automatically think somebody's putting their best foot forward, they're being honest, and unfortunately, not always the case. So because I every with everyone starts with an A with me. You don't have to earn your way to an F. You know, you don't have to earn your way to an A. So that you know, an optimistic person, we can make mistakes like that. So what I've tried to do now is one, I look for people who are the best, probably, you know, the most expensive, but I just hire them for what I need. So I don't take them on necessarily as employees, but they're the best high-end contractors I can find. And then I have other people who are in my core success circle interview them because, you know, I'm so like, oh my God, you know, he's wonderful, she's wonderful, and they interview them and say, yeah, but you know, what about this, this or that? So as good as I am about helping you grow, I'm still very sensitive about hiring people myself because I just think everybody is awesome. So I look for extremely high qualified and usually the premium person in the market and I bring them on for the piece that I need. So that way they fit into my budget and I get the very best of the best. And then I have other people weigh in on it too if it's an expensive project. So I get other people's perspective that I respect. Yeah, love it, love it, love it. So what's next for you then? More of the same. Um, really um, taking my Accelerate program for women entrepreneurs and just really growing it in a big way. I don't think I mentioned I produce a conference every year in January for women entrepreneurs called Symposia. Symposia. Seven figures of seven, seven stories of seven figure women and beyond. And it's really taking off. We did a global live stream this year with Intuit and Wells Fargo as sponsors. Oh, look at that. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, it's growing and really getting legs. So, huh. and it's just seven stories you do. That's so cool. Right? That's it. It's, wow. It's really intense. Women are really vulnerable, talking about their stories of struggle to success. And the bottom line is, I want to show women and some really smart men. You know, if she can do it, I can do it too. Yeah. So it's mm. a combination of insp- high inspiration and some teaching and really um, executable tips in there as well. No, it's good and. and- I think it's really good that you focus on women because I I always say this to maybe my mom raised me this way. My mom grew up she she had three boys. I'm the oldest of three boys, so <laughs> I always say I, I I never pretend to know anything that you know that ladies go through because I can't even I don't know and it's not it's not fair to assume that or, oh. or to to put them in, in a silo. And I always felt like when I look at the, the landscape when you look whether it's sports or anything, you see that the Different levels and the salaries and people doing the mm-hmm. same work, it, you know, it was always something that bothered me. But um, I I think women do a lot more than they are valued for. So I, I think it's great that you're doing something like this, just because. Aww. yeah, that's what I was saying. Well, you can be in the you can be in the program for sure. <laughs> no, no, that's what I was saying. When, when, yeah, it, I think it's good that you focus on that. I, I don't think it's uh, because you hear it all the time, and I, I'm sure I don't know if that's part of why you started with your focus on women, but. There are so many skill sets, I think, you know, when it comes to leadership, empathy, and understanding, you know, what where people have. Negotiation. Yeah, negotiation. good at that, right? There you go. No, I, I, I appreciate your perspective on that because you're right. As women, and especially as women entrepreneurs, well, first of all, I say, you know, don't try to get to somebody else's table in corporate America. I did that. Buy your own darn table. You know, buy you don't need to table. ask your own. Right, just buy your own table. So that's the first thing. But you're right. There are different things that need to come into consideration as we're growing bigger businesses and having babies and doing all those things that we do. I mean, I'm a, you know, the F word, feminist, right? Yeah. But 
But, you know, I'm a mom. I'm real about what it takes to grow a family and grow a business. I have three kids. So been there, done that, you know, graduations, high school, teenage years, cars, you know, on and on. And College, you know, all yeah. that stuff. We don't and give – men don't give birth, right? We don't have to take – Bottom line. Exactly. So <laughs> we, we're, we're already lost in that. Right. <laughs> that, there's no, already out of my league because yeah. you don't give birth. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah, we, no, would have, but, we would have nine months, you know. I mean, come on. It, there's no – I don't even think it's a comparison whenever that argument. Right. I think with that work and then staying there, but – Maybe it's because I'm biased because my mom is one of the strongest women I know and she was always there for us. She made a lot of sacrifices. So yeah. She sounds I, amazing. She raised a good son. Thank you really very much. Son. So I'm very, very happy that this is going on. And I'll, I'll make sure I put all this in the show notes and even if uh, the conference. So maybe people can pre-register. I don't know. If, you know it comes yes, out in they general. can. Yeah. You know, if they just go to juliegordonwhite.com, Mm-hmm. There are tabs there so they can learn about the Symposia Conference and also the Accelerate Program. Gotcha. They can see it all right there at juliegordonwhite.com. juliegordonwhite.com. Well, Julie Gordon White, thank you for coming on the show. I really appreciate you taking time to Wow. Uh, share. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. You've just been listening to the As Told by Nomads podcast. For more ways to use your difference to make a difference, as well as for show notes, head over to www.uidmag.com. Till next time, go out and make an impact in your world. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on.